0: Well, thank you for uh, joining us at Ketchup Popsicles, a uh, peer podcast. Uh, today, I have a guest, Jamie Pieper. Uh, she is in charge of sales at peer sales agency, and uh, we wanted to bring her on to talk about common mistakes that sales and marketing leaders make and Know, how to recognize that you might be coming into that, how to avoid it in the future. Um, Jamie and I were talking yesterday and kind of laughing that we uh, we run into these issues regularly and you just have to be aware. So uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, some of these things and uh, get your perspective. You've got a, uh, a really amazing background in sales. You've been doing this for a while, huh?
1: Yeah, a little while.
0: <laughs> so <clears throat> you were a top producer in sales for 15 plus years. Uh, I know that you came from Southwestern Consulting, mm-hmm. which that's a really great background uh, when it comes to process and uh, the fundamentals, the, um, the discipline to document. Uh, talk to me about how that maybe shaped your career a little bit.
1: Yeah, I actually started with Southwestern in college with one of their sister companies selling door to door. So that's where I really started selling. I had no idea what I was doing. And and they're like, look, you know, we have a process, we have a talk track, we have a script. And if you do these things, you'll be successful. And and I was. And so that's where I started. And then uh, more recently was working with them with another sister company on the coaching and consulting side. And it's been amazing. I've talked to thousands of Salespeople and sales leaders, and have learned learned a ton for sure.
0: This conversation got started because we were recognizing uh, coaching opportunities, really, with uh, some of our clients and the marketing and sales leadership that they have, uh, mm-hmm. and more alerting them to potential red flag behavior. We at Peer preach a lot about accountability ownership awareness being abundant and so we're always trying to promote you know recognize when you're doing something that's leading towards maybe a behavior that is going to have a negative consequence and uh then it just kind of transitioned into well we should probably talk about just these common mistakes that we see and you know we can start with on the sales side because i'd really love to understand kind of what you have What you've seen in your career, if there's any difference between, you know, small business, enterprise level, even provide, as we're talking about this, any segmentation, I think that's always interesting because we do have uh, sales reps that are more transactional. And so they're getting high volumes, lower dollar amounts. Uh, We have your enterprise folks out there that are 12 month sales cycles, uh, very intense journeys and a lot of stakeholders. And then everyone kind of in between different industries. So um, Mm -hmm. if you happen to notice or recognize anything while we're talking, you know, definitely call out, pay for you enterprise people out there, uh, pay special attention to this. But Mm -hmm. talk to me about what what some of the common things are that you've, the mistakes that you've seen as you've been coaching these sales leaders over the past few years.
1: Because I was thinking through this and, and it's funny that you mentioned Gosh, you've talked to thousands of people. Are there any common threads? And really, it's almost always the same. I think everyone thinks they're special or unique, and, and certainly there are differences among the different types of businesses. But in general, um, the principles are are the same, and the mistakes that people make are are the same. And I think one of the first ones, and this is appropriate this time of year are talking about goals and everyone set their 2022 and we have our Q1 goal and seeing that leaders don't always provide the big picture vision around the goals and having that revenue transparency, like the why behind the goal, right? Mm -hmm. So like companies they have this big revenue goal, they divide it out among the team, everyone has a quota and that's it. Like there's no connection to the goal, um, no background. And it's just like this arbitrary number to to the sales reps sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, we see that with uh, companies where they have the BHAG or some mm-hmm. huge, this is what our annual goals is going to be. This is why uh, it's important to the leadership team. But then there's never an explanation of what we are trying to do as an organization, if we get more revenue and what we're mm-hmm. going to build out and what products we're going to it's, it's going to give us the ability to build and yeah. go to market with it there. Do you think that these companies do it because they think we can't handle it?
1: I think they think they do it, but they, they don't, or maybe they mention it oh. at the kickoff meeting and everyone's like, yeah. Okay. But what does that mean to me here in let's say Omaha, Nebraska, when sure. my headquarters is in Los Angeles, like, right. what does it mean to me? Because you know, everyone has an income goal. And people will say, well, this is my goal because that way I can, you know, support my family or live the life I want to live. But at the end of the day, a goal is just a number with a bunch of zeros. And that's not very motivating when you're overworked, overwhelmed, frustrated, tired. And so having a bigger connection to that goal and, you know, leaders can help individuals do that. And then like you were talking about even just seeing the big picture of what it means, operationally um, what that could look like for the company. I mean, we even talked about that at peer. Like if we have a goal, like, Hey, this is where we want to be. We need to make sure that if we bring on these new clients, that we can support them, that we have the bandwidth, the resources. So the clients have a successful experience. So the sales reps have a successful experience. So there's so much that goes into that goal other than just here's the number.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I, I do believe that there is this uh, weird gray area that both the executives and sometimes the sales teams try and avoid when it gets into how deep do we go in the P&L. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be very transparent with you above the line and you know when it comes to just the revenue, but when it comes to how that revenue then is, uh, being distributed down through the organization, paying for things. They get really worried that they're going to be, ju- the executives are going to be judged on the way that the organization is spending money. And, um, you know, that's probably a conversation for another time too, but, yeah. uh, you know, the revenue transparency, and I like what you said, if a goal is just a, a number with a bunch of zeros behind it, it's not very motivating. And so, You got to get to the next level down, which is what impact could this goal have on the professional or personal lives of the associates? And so you're kind of saying if sales leaders would take the time to break it down a little bit better, even if it's individually, you know, to make sure that it resonates with each individual, they could you see that going a lot further. Um in goal achievement.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then so then you have this. So then we have a goal. And and then maybe there is even a vision or some emotional connection to it. And then we'll see, okay, well, here's your goal. And there's really like no plan to achieve it. And there's no activity expectations and no accountability. And yeah, salespeople are just like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. So because okay, yeah. In sales, Ryan, how do we usually define success usually uh,
0: revenue, revenue, days.
1: like results. Yeah. Um, but how much control, you know, do we ultimately have over this? I mean, not a ton. We can't make people work with us or do business with us. And so that's why salespeople get overwhelmed and stressed. They just see this big end goal and panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so having leaders be able to show the team how to hit the goals and like break the numbers down and reverse engineer it into those controllable activities right that the calls that they're making how many people they talk to follow-up touches the emails they're sending the meetings they set like that's all stuff that's in our control and then tracking it not just doing it but actually tracking it you know i've seen companies have leaderboards which is amazing so that's why there's transparency Mm -hmm. and visibility across it and then celebrating not just the end result, but the activities that lead to that end result.
0: Yeah. Okay. So first we got these leaders are failing to come with enough transparency to give people context into why a goal, why something's important and why we need to march. So mm-hmm. that's the first issue you see. Now the second one is then that there's... Not a well enough defined plan to go and get it. And oh, I really like what you're saying about the if if you're being judged on a number at the end of the day, that feel that can feel very overwhelming because you don't have control over so many components in that deal, mm-hmm. um, and you're being judged on something that you might impact you know thirty to fifty percent. So you're saying. Not only is uh, the plan a better way to be, but it will help the salesperson have more engagement with their day-to-day activities because they're in full control. I can control how many people I call. I can control Mm -hmm. what I say to them when I'm on the phone, uh, what I email them, what materials I think would be helpful in their journey. I can control all of that. I just can't control how they're going to respond to it Mm -hmm. and I'll do the best that I can, but okay, that's... It's interesting. I feel like I've run into that as a sales rep in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about controlling what, what we can control because if you don't, then you're going to be on a constant roller coaster and be kind of miserable. So control what you can control and, and trust that if you do the right things, the results will follow. Yep. Okay. And yeah, having a leader that can help you break that down and see what that is. you know. And then the last thing I was thinking about on this topic that I hear salespeople say is now, they don't have the tools or the resources Mm. they feel that they need to be successful, which is super frustrating because here they are, they have a huge goal. They like working their tail off and they're like, but I'm not getting support. I don't have resources. I don't have anything to share with my prospects and, and with my clients. And then two, even seeing leaders then that will come in and then go to marketing and then just expect too much out of marketing. Like, hey, we need X, Y, and Z tomorrow um, which isn't fair or reasonable either.
0: Absolutely. You know it's funny because once you have a plan, I mean it you can implement the same general structure of your plan. but everything the three things that you listed, no visibility into activity, that's a common mistake. no visibility into what we're doing, why we're doing it. no plan or at least not a good plan, uh, not mm-hmm. a role, and no tools. These are easy things to fix. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of templates out there,
1: for sure, and it. and it is, and I think you could look at any executive at any company, and the, they will have seen this in some way, shape, or form, no matter the size of the company. So it's it's pretty universal. So okay, so now, okay, so I'm going to flip it on you then, because we were kind of you know brought up marketing, and hey, sometimes sales expects too much out of marketing, and yeah. maybe vice versa. So on the marketing side, what do you see mistakes that leaders make?
0: Uh, good question. And uh, we deal with this a lot, don't we? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say um, probably first and foremost, it's the marketing leadership doesn't establish a relationship with the sales leadership. The, mm-hmm. Empathy is, I think, a foundational uh, block in, in relationship building. And you need to understand what a day in the life is like for the people that you work with. I think leadership is very good at empathizing with their uh with the individuals that report to them uh, because they're hearing about the daily struggles and uh experiencing the wins with them. But breaking across silos and going over to an area um, and being able to see themselves not as separate departments, but as different, you know, phase one and phase two of the entire sales process. Mm -hmm. Sale marketing leaders, the ones who struggle, don't see themselves as part of the sales process. They think marketing is not sales. And I would say that marketing is absolutely the very beginning part of the sales process. And the more time you spend with the sales team, you start to understand what they're running into uh, in the field, uh, the conversations that they're having, how the competition is positioning themselves, where maybe your product is falling down and how you how they have to speak around it. Gathering all of that information allows you to promote the product upstream much more effectively. And uh, it makes then the sales team's job a lot easier, which then results in them being able to uh, execute more activities, generate more revenue, company grows. So to me, the thing I see the most is they almost talk shit about each other. Oh, sales. Uh, they are always coming last minute and they don't understand how hard it is to, yeah, you're right. It is hard to get stuff thrown on. And like you were saying, I need this tomorrow. Yeah, that sucks. Okay. No but you could have just proacted a little bit and started to understand what they need, when they're going to need it and probably eliminate you know, 90% of that reactive. And then the stuff that does come up, you're probably right in there with them saying, yeah, this is a company objective that we're trying to go win this deal. And so it's all hands-on deck. Same with the sales team. The sales team doesn't, they don't recognize how valuable marketing can be in pushing their product and supporting the kind of the middle of the funnel nurturing that you got to do. You know, you prospect, you get that meeting, you have a good call, everybody's feeling good. Maybe, you know, the next step will be like a demo, but there might be weeks in between that good feeling meeting and the demo and three weeks, that's three weeks that other reps from other companies are going to get in there. So Marketing can help you inject some stuff that just keeps them on the line. They want to help you. And the more that these folks talk, I think the better off they'll be. So communication, probably uh, number one. And I think number two, they're not as honest with themselves or with their stakeholders on reporting results. And holding themselves accountable to downstream impact, you know, the the lagging indicators of how much money did we generate? How much promotion did we do? What was the return on that investment? Talking about generating a lead, we get too wrapped up sometimes in those metrics. Those are leading indicators, but who cares? How many discovery conversations did I get to have this month? How many demos did I do? How many proposals did we send? How many deals did we win? Four things that matter. And I don't think marketers like to talk about three of them very much because they're like, I'm not really in control of this. So I'm going to put a DMZ between this top of funnel lead generation and really what's the sales process. And there it is again, you know, this inability to want to own the fact that they're the top part of the sales process. I don't even know why we have the word marketing. It's just pre-sales and sales and post-sales, you know?
1: Yeah. So, okay. So I guess this is the million dollar question, but then how do you bridge the gap?
0: Yeah. Good question. Uh, I think it starts at the very, very top. It's has okay. to start with the CEO and the CEO needs to, first, the CEO needs to understand the value in Marketing department, and if they're not using it, talk about just not leveraging a a rocket booster that you have. I mean, it's going to make everything better for your sales team, which will result in more money for your company. So, I think it starts first with the CEO making sure that marketing and sales uh, are working closely together. I don't mind it when they put them under the same roof. You know, sometimes they put product and marketing together, but this is, to me, this is about uh, the consumer marketing side of it versus the product marketing part. And, you know, so putting them under the same roof, the same chief revenue officer or the head of sales, that's a really good start. And uh, then, you know, as corny as it is, they got to start doing stuff together. They got to have like team building exercises. They have to have strategy sessions and workshops and opportunities for the marketing individuals to spend quality time with the sales individuals, ride-alongs, um, mm-hmm. uh, going on to their, you know, sales always has annual meetings, being present for those annual meetings, not only presenting at the annual meeting, but then sitting in and listening to the rest of them at and then I think over time, they start to see the real individuals behind the the roles. And then it, I think it just blossoms from there.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting. Because I'm thinking, you know, my background is so heavy sales experience and um, not even a ton, like in my own, like companies that I'd been with, with marketing. Mm-hmm. And now being at peer and seeing some of our clients that do such a great job of really having a good synergistic relationship between marketing and sales. It's amazing. Like it's win-win for everyone versus maybe the clients that, that don't or prospects or other people that we talk to that don't. So
0: trying to think if there are any other mistakes that I see between uh, the two of them, I think communication, empathy, accountability, like not pointing fingers. I don't see the value in anything and pointing fingers. I just don't get it. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's always more that we can do as individuals to positively impact, you know, the consequences or I don't see how blaming works, you know, and maybe the last thing that I would say is, you know, and it kind of falls along the lines of the reporting is, and it feels tactical a little bit, but funnel analysis.
1: Mm-hmm. I know it's
0: like really in the weeds, but talk about deep diving every stage of the buyer's journey and figuring out why they're falling out from stage to stage, what we can do to keep them in, what we did wrong, what we can change. I'll tell you what, if there's anything tactical that you want your team doing regularly, funnel analysis is it to me, Mm -hmm. because it's, it is the ultimate exposure of where you're processes and tactics are falling down. Mm-hmm. When people jump out of your funnel, you just failed. You you failed somewhere in that process. I uh, either failed to uh, clearly connect the value to the um, to the pain that they're having uh, or you, whatever, you didn't get yourself. They fell out and uh, it, it's honest. It's honest work when you get into that funnel analysis. So you can't hide from those numbers at all. So yeah, just a little tactical thing that maybe some sales leaders and marketing leaders could implement to avoid mistakes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't know that I would add anything to the list. Yeah, I think the big ones, like you said, communication, having some empathy, um, yeah, not not blaming each other would be a, a really good place to start.
0: Yeah, okay. So to... Wrap it all up. The mistakes that we're seeing, lack of transparency, lack of planning, lack of tools, lack of communication, lack of empathy, uh, lack of accountability. Mm -hmm. Those are the six main things, I guess, that we talked about. I actually, I took some notes. I want to get us back together here in a few weeks and uh, talk a little bit more uh, about um, the sales process. It's not... You know, I think it's a really great opportunity for peer to have someone from, with your background and what we've learned from you and the information that you provide is—it's uh, really been um, eye-opening for us. It sales. I think a lot of people when they think about salespeople, they think about the art of the deal, and you've shown us how much science there really is behind it and. Uh, how to improve those statistics every day and get better. And I um, I would love for you to share some of that uh, here in the in the near future. So I'll I'll holler at you and see what your calendar's looking like.
1: Sounds <laughs> see good. I see I I, <laughs> I love podcasts. Although I say I'm about twenty five percent self development podcasts and the other seventy five percent is true crime. But hey,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Well, I. I mean, I appreciate you taking some time today uh, to break this stuff down. I hope everybody uh, found it really powerful. We'll put uh, Jamie's contact information, uh, you know, below and we'll, uh, if you ever have questions or want to reach out, you know, you can hit her up on LinkedIn, you can uh, email her or whatever. I, I know that you love to consult and help and um, even if it's just for a minute, but.
1: Yep, uh, definitely.
0: Thank you very much for taking some time today. Thanks,
1: Ryan.